That's all we're looking for is just a little victory. A little one. And it'd be all right with me. <laughs> and I think we're uh, actually turning the corner here. It's Saturday night. We're in Oak Hill, Florida at the old oak table. It's Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Gentlemen, Ben. How's it going? Mark. Howdy. Little, uh, we don't want to call it a skeleton crew, but a little scaled back. It's a little back, light. A little, little, little scaled back from what we uh, normally would be doing. But, uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. And, uh, Carl, we're going to miss you, buddy. Uh, hopefully we can make you laugh. You can be on the other side of this thing on this episode. Rip. Which I believe is going to be episode Rip. 20. 20. Episode 20. Nice. So uh, we are going to go through a few different things that we all have collectively come up with on our show notes. And uh, I think since we last did a podcast, Ben, you probably did the trip. Yes, you did. You did the trip before the last podcast, but you were super empty gas tank (laughs) and uh, took off before you could tell us about it. Yeah. So uh, I woke up in North Carolina at four in the morning, actually three in the morning, and drove down here to be here for the podcast from Boone. You didn't podcast. Um, I did not make the podcast. <laughs> I made the uh, the delicious meal, um, and that's about as far as my evening went. Yeah, well, huh? you know, I mean, totally understandable. You know, you spent the day staring through the windshield from an early hour, but... Uh, Give us a little uh, insight into that North Carolina trip. Yeah, so every year my family goes on vacation to Boone, North Carolina, and we've done it for, I think we calculated it's been 17 years we've been doing that. Holy so smokes. a ton of fun, grew up doing it, week five every year. Um, left work a little early on a Thursday with my sister, and we drove with the game, game plan of driving to Charleston for the evening. She's never been there. Go see it, eat some good food, and then go to Paige's Okra Grill in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we got there at dinner time. I went to uh, home team with Brad Bird and Robbie Powell, and we discussed nice. fly couple fishing. A couple good guys. A couple good guys, friends of the podcast, and we exchanged, I think we exchanged some stickers um, and some merch they had bought from me and swapped off, had some stinking phenomenal barbecue, and then went back to the hotel got up the next day to go to Pages, and I guess they've been doing remodeling, and so they're supposed to open at 7, and we showed up at 7, and there's a couple people inside. I was like, hmm, must have just caught them, and lady, nice lady, well, she was nice till she started talking, <laughs> said, uh, I'm so sorry, we're, we've been remodeling, we're going to open at 10.30 today, and I was like, well, mm. this kind of sucks, so I told Courtney, he's like, it's not that big a deal, I said, it's only a big deal, because you haven't tasted what's on the other side of these double doors. 
Um, but we'll take a trip back. We went to Bojangles instead and just beeline. Now, straight there you the go. <laughs> Making bow time. A little bow time to it, save the day. A little bow time to save the day. And I don't think she'd had Bojangles in years. So she was kind of like, oh, this is so awesome. And it was good. And she's like, I forgot how good bow rounds were. And so we uh, made like it up to the cabin. Manna and, from heaven. Yeah, it, pretty much. Um, so how of the trip, we were up there a whole week and um, just hanging out, having a good time as a family. Did a little bit of, well, my brother and his girlfriend snowboarded. And then by the time, he borrowed my board because he didn't bring his up. And by the time I got to it, it was getting too warm. You're seeing water come off the back of people's skis. And I said, you know what? I'm going to Utah. Uh, next month, I'm just going to fish. And so my dad and I fished. We've got a lake that our cabin is on, and it's stocked with pellet heads. I'm going to throw that out there right now. Um, <laughs> Glad you beat us to it. <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm, I'm one-upping it. Um, but we had fun. It was the first time my dad had uh, some neck issues going on. So it was the first time he's been able to throw a fly rod in about over a year. Right. And so to, to get to hang out with him on a, on a dock and – and throw it trout. And we fed a couple the first day, and then they just shut down. It was horrible. I was, I was laughing. I told him, I said, you know, it's pretty funny. Larry points out that I always fish the easiest places, and I just do horribly because I go to Stock Ponds in Kentucky and gone. Well, uh, you know, I think the big challenge in that situation is they're going to eat pretty much anything, right? Um, they're used to being fed. Um well, you know, whether you were throwing like a woolly bugger or a girdle bug right. or, or whatever it was you were throwing, they, they were being, I mean, there was quite a few pictures the first couple of days yeah. that, that yep. you know, they were being pretty cool. But, uh, you know, once Bob gets hooked and Bob doesn't come back and then Bob's carcass <laughs> is deposited back in <laughs> <Yeah>. the pond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, no surprise that the bite shuts off. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a big karma guy, but we're going to talk about karma a little bit right now. <laughs> So, the first day, I think we pulled out seven. I mean, and they're pellet heads, guys. They're they're like an eighteen inch rainbow that weighs four pounds. So we pull out one of these, and this guy's like, "Oh man, that's a great fish. What are you gonna do with this?" I'm just gonna let it back. And I was like, "Can I keep it and make it for dinner?" I was like, "It's a pellet fish. It's a pond. It's stocked. Why not?" So I give it to him. He goes back in his cabin, which is on the edge of the lake. Mine's at the top of the hill. His is on the edge of the lake. And about 20 minutes later, he walks out the back dock and throws this carcass in the pond. And I looked at dad. I said, I wouldn't have given him that fish if I would have known that was going to happen. And right as rain, that's about when that bite stopped. And it, stopped I literally him. pulled one more fish out of that lake the entire five more days. And it was when they have a street light that hangs over one corner of the lake. And at night, the night it got cold and the temperature dropped again, you could see him like feeding off the light. And I managed to get one to come off the bottom, crush a bugger, and that was it. I couldn't. There was probably fifteen more fish I couldn't ever get to happen. Right. So, other than um, shooting fish in a barrel, yes. Did you do any other fishing? I did. So, I went and talked to a couple different fly shops. Um, shout out to the boys at Do South Outfitters for kind of telling me. I said I don't want you to like drop pins and give me spots, but I'm a Florida guy. Don't know what I'm doing. They gave me a couple stretches along the new river to go fish. And I said, I'm not real good with this bug hatch thing. Normally, I'm just, I'll fish a fly for a redfish. Eventually, someone's going to eat it. And so he said, well, a lot of our bugs are yellow tinted here. And he just gave me a quick update on, you know, ins and outs. And I told him, I said, just 
pick some flies, put them in a cup, and I'll walk out the door. So we went and uh, fished, found a couple. I want to say they were brown trout. Okay. Hanging out on the top of a surface. And if this is before I went and got the flies, and I managed to kind of spook them and not get them to real real interest in the. What kind of water were you were you fishing? Uh, this was somewhere between a creek and a river. Okay. Um, fairly slow moving in this pool, um, but a little little ripply. Not just much. so you know, up there, uh, yeah. especially in Western North Carolina, mm-hmm. just so you've got the right lingo the next time you're up there, you'll blend in a little bit better. Okay. That'd be a big crick. Big crick. Okay. Big crick. Got yeah. it. So we were fishing a big crick. Highly technical. Uh, yes. And, and you know, I, I hate to sound like I know it all, but, I mean, literally sitting at this table right now is like 93 years of fishing knowledge. So we're trying to share a little bit of that with you well, guys. Well, I'm all ears. A big crick is what Ben was approaching. Yes. Take it back over, Ben. Sorry. So we're fishing the big crick, and I watch him come check out my fly, and I said, you know, I don't want to be like one of those trout guys, but I'm fishing, I think I was fishing 4X tippet. Four times the tippet? Yes. Okay. I'll be honest, I'm not real good with this X and tippets. I'm dyslexic, so you start mixing all these things, I get confused quick. But I know the higher (laughs) the number goes, the smaller the line. Yes, yes. So we're somewhere in the middle of the road, and, and these aren't super big fish. I'm like, maybe they're seeing it, but I'm also throwing a bug that was... Tied by somebody I have no idea, and I didn't even buy it here. So just kind of inherited it with something else I bought. So make the trip down to Due South Outfitters. and Did you show them what you'd been throwing? I did. They okay. said, wow, that's a pretty cool fly. Anybody, anybody <laughs> snicker? <laughs> there, that's a cool there fly, buddy. a little bit of chocolate. So the, the guys there, Patrick owns it, and then he's got the two guys work for him, Greg and Willie. And they were super cool. I walked in with my Taylor Trash hat, and they're like, oh, you listen to that podcast too? I was like, well, I'm. I'm on it. They're like, that's awesome. And they kind of, they, they hooked me up and, and helped me get what I needed. But they, uh, we'll circle around to those flies real quick. I had bought these, le- well, this is a good story. Um, I had bought these leather skinned, like tying briefcases that held all your stuff when I was traveling with work in Kansas City. And it turns out it was this guy who was part of a program that would go to the local prison and these guys would tie flies for, like, therapy and kind of doing, getting not just staring at a wall. And so those flies were tied by some some prisoners Prisoner? by, yeah, <laughs> for probably eight cents an hour. Um, so it was just kind of cool. The detail was immaculate. It's stuff I can't tie. Right. And so, but if you have a lot of time on your hands, you can probably get pretty good at yeah. tying tiny flies. So went and hooked up with some, I think I had some sulfur flies, yellowtail, elk caracatuses with a yellowtail. And went back to that crick, the big crick, the next day, and managed to feed two browns. And in my excitement of actually hooking a trout that wasn't a pelt head, because I haven't done real well on actual, like native real fish. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't count pellet heads as real fish. They're like subspecies. Um, hooking one, I pulled the hook a little early, and. You do that twice in the same big crick, and that thing kind of quiets up real quick. So then I was talking to the place we have our cabin is called Swiss Mountain Village, and one of the groundskeepers there recognized our hat and started laughing. He saw us fly fishing in the lake. He's like, you're the only people we ever see fly fish out here. Usually people are just chucking bait. I said, no. He's like, yeah, cool. I fly fish too, and we got to talking. And so I had the hat on, and 
he didn't say anything about it. And then Super Bowl Sunday, he drove to Charlotte to go hang out with a buddy. And he came back. He's like, dude, I walked into this guy's house, and he had on one of your podcast hats. So that kind of opened doors. And he had mentioned, he's like, yeah, I go and fish for native uh, brook trout brook trout on the uh, Blue Ridge. And I was like, wait, I would like to catch one of these. And so, but he was, Brandon, I'm calling you out. You were pretty tight-lipped, buddy. You didn't even offer a suggestion on which way to drive on the parkway. <laughs> Um, so my brother, his girlfriend and my sister, they all wanted to go hiking. And so we're hiking down this trail that he's picked. that's five miles long, which turned into 10 miles. I don't understand that, but it did. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Well, it's five miles. No, no, no. In, it's, it, no. Five miles back. It's out. supposed to be a five mile loop. And it turned into, he picked the wrong entrance, which went two and a half miles in, then the five mile loop and then two and a half back out. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, pretty miserable, but all in all, a good time was had. Well, we get, and I'm, I'm glad it worked out this way, because about probably three-quarters of a mile down the trail, I see this beaver dam with these crisp, pristine, crystal-clear pools. And I was like, well, I don't have a fly rod. I wonder if there's anything in it. And sure as heck, I look over the side, and there's these little native brook trout hanging out in this pool. And I'm like, mother trucker, how did I not bring my fly rod? I, should, I was beating myself up. Well, we finished the hike. Turns out it was good. I didn't bring a fly rod. I definitely would have broke one. Um, slippery trail. I fell on my ass and slid about 10 feet down a hill. Um, but so then I told dad, I was like, look, that Brandon was tight-lipped about it, but I know where some are at. Maybe not his trout, but let's go give it a shot. So he and I went back. I think I went three days. And Were you throwing dries? I was throwing a dry dropper. Okay. I was doing that yellow elk hair caddis uh-huh. with, well, let's back up. The first time I went, I had not stopped at the fly shop to discuss this with them. So I was throwing the prison <laughs> flies, which were huge um, for a dry fly. And they were not interested. They were spooking pretty quick. But I also wasn't being a super stealthy Was dude. it Was that like a number 12 soap on a rope? Uh, yes, yeah. a number 12 stuff on a rope. That is what I'm going to call those flies for here on out. Um, I spooked them hard. I'm a tall dude. It's like maybe a foot deep in these pools, and I just didn't know what I was doing. I, I mean, I could tell I spooked them, but so after I'd kind of run amok and decided these fish weren't going to eat my San Juans or my woolly buggers, I said, well, I've already ruined today. I'm going to go hike as far up and down this creek as I can and go look for fish and know what pools they're in so I can plan my approach for the next time. Okay. So kind of thought I had a game plan figured out. Stopped in. Well, first I went to a Fosco fly shop. And the dude there is really nice. Not super helpful, at least not to me. He's like kind of, and I assume it's because you probably get a half dozen people all the time that walk into your fly shop from out of town. Like, hey, I'm from Florida. Help me out. And so he kind of gave me some bugs, but didn't tell me, like, here's what colors they typically are. He's just like, yeah, those work. Those kind of work. And just kind of play around, which I could have told myself that. Um, But I appreciated the... uh, Half-hearted effort. The half-hearted effort. Okay. Um, And then Watauga River Fly Shop, in the winter, he's got weird hours, so I don't think he's open Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Thursday he opens, and then he's open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And 
He's getting all them Florida boys that show up on Thursday and go yeah, on Sunday. exactly, literally, exactly. So I showed up Thursday, super excited, and all of his cars were there. But I noticed his drift boat wasn't out front, his raft. So, well, I think he's got a raft and a drift boat. And I was like, he's got to be running a charter. And sure enough, he was running a, a guided trip for somebody um, over in Tennessee. And so I went back the next day with my dad and kind of talked to him and bought some stickers and on the way doing a loop. But so we stopped at Due South. We found them by accident. And there's like a, I know this, unless you're from Boone, this isn't going to make sense. But you're leaving Watauga River. You're going back up the highway, which I think is 521 maybe. 421. Okay, 421. Yep. And close. Uh, no cigar. So go out, and there's a strip mall on the side. In the corner, it just says fly shop. And Dad's like, wait, there's one. Turn around. Went in, and uh, Patrick's wife and his little, I think his baby might be six months. Yeah, very, they, yeah, very young. They were in there, and they were helpful. They kind of pointed me in the direction of flies, and I, I looked at the sticker collection, and I was like, they got some pretty good stickers. So I was like, I'm coming back tomorrow anyways, and it's payday, and I'll go crazy. So I went in, and that's when they educated me on the flies and the selection. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I've got my three-weight butter stick. I'm trudging down this trail. I've got the flies. Willie's hooked me up. All I got to do is make it happen, which seems to be where it always falls apart on the adventure. And I sneak up to the first pool, and I'm, I'm like, you got this picket. Nice, easy cast where this fallen log is. You know they're going to be there. And the first cast, a wind gust hits it and puts it a little too far off to the side. So I, I gently let it float all the way past so I don't disturb the pool. Pick it up and decide to beat the wind just a little bit more. And so I give it a little extra oomph and I overshoot the log. And I see the fish <laughs> dart toward my dropper, bite at it, but my dry fly has hooked a log. And as I'm trying to like, play with it i wind up rolling the log get my fly back but that pull shuts down so i moved to the next one and i don't i genuinely don't know what happened at this pool i was probably 15 feet away from it when i cast it landed on the north side of the pool into the current blew into it and they saw my fly and they just scattered i don't know like and i was down i was at 6x tippet at this point i've scaled down i've done everything i was told and I did something wrong. I either moved too quickly and they saw me. I don't know what happened, but they shut down that pool. I fished the next pool, and there's only one fish in it. And he comes up, looks at my fly. I don't know if he sees me. I don't, I don't want to, like, make a trout seem more intelligent than a fish because <laughs> it's a fish. But something happened. He came up, looked at it, and decided it wasn't for him or something. Went under the rock or under another tree, and I could never get him to come back out. So I'm going down, and I know there's... Did you, did you whistle for him? I used a fish whistle, a pig whistle, and a rape whistle, and I got no fish. <laughs> and so... you got to be careful with the rape whistle, because sometimes you hear a banjo in return. In the woods. I, and I was prepared to run. All right. Um, so I get to the next pool where Dad and I had seen trout the day before, and it, I'm going to just go ahead and throw my dad under the bus here. He's all excited about this until the first day when we get to the pool. He's like, we hiked all the way for six-inch fish, and we're putting in this much effort. You're like, hell yeah, <laughs> they're being great. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, Dad, they're natives. I was like, I was about as pretentious as you could be for a Florida trout boy. I was like, they're natives. These are cool fish. And 
I've never caught one. Like, we have to put in the effort to catch these things. And he did all day for the – we were probably there for three hours. And it, you can only spook so many pools in three hours before they just don't come back up. And so the next day I was like, hey, we got the good flight. You want to go? He's like, no. No. I'm going to stay at the cabin with your mom. <laughs> we're, we'll go into town or something. I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's like, okay. So I went by myself. My twin went with me that day. And I was back to a, the elk hair caddis with the yellow tail throwing, I want to say it was a real tiny, like, 22 blue wing olive midge or a nymph. I'm Blue wing did, olive I'm, is a dry. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is a blue wing olive when it's a midge and it's got, like, an almost an olive green wrap going down it? It's whatever that fly was was the one that was my dropper. Um, they threw so many names at me so fast. I'm like, how do you keep this crap straight? So he, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to put this kind of sort of small dry fly and put this really tiny ass fly under it, and we'll just see what happens. The pool I throw into, I'm not kidding, is no more than four inches deep. Okay. And I throw on, on another side. It's like. Were you, using, were you using a shot? No. No? No. Okay. Could have been, Could have been the problem, but go ahead. Well. It wasn't a problem. <laughs> so th- this whole thing's got, like, fell logs crossing this little creek. It kind of splits up a couple different ways. So we're on a little creek now. Like, you can yeah, hop we're across. Like, yeah, like, this table's bigger than the creek. Okay, so, yeah. Um, maybe little, little the, most of it's, like, this wide. Okay. Um, so three feet, maybe. Some of it, the one big pool's, like, 8 by 12. But other than that, it's, most of it's not, not too big. So I throw into this pool... And this trout comes up and smashes my dropper. I set the hook. I'm feeling great about myself. This is five days of hard work. And I'm excited. I'm jonesing. I'm like, yes, I freaking did it. And I'm walking up to the creek, and I'm raising my rod a little bit more. And at that point, my, my yellow elk hair caddis catches a twig. And it stops the momentum going up. I'm like two feet away from being able to pluck it off. And that trout wiggles off my dry and beelines it down the hill. I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I was so pissed. And I just, I, it sucked. I'd been out there for three hours. It sucked the whole motivation to keep trying to do this. Because this is my last pool. I'd exhausted all my pools. I looked at the corner. I was like, I think we're just going to walk home now. And so we're walking the three-quarter miles back to the car. And this guy walks up. And he's like, were, were you fishing back there? I was like, yes, sir. He's like, you doing good? I said, no. I was real polite. At least I thought I was. We keep walking. My sister's about 15 feet behind me taking pictures. She looks and goes, that guy seems pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she's laughing. She goes, yeah, he's having a bad day. Um, but it was fun. I, I think I learned quite a bit. Um, lesson one, don't wait to day three to go to the fly shop. Go day one. Because um, I had a bunch of flies left over from previous trips. I was like, eh, I'll, I'll make this work. Um, yeah, but, you know, it sounds like you didn't have any less fun. I mean, I agree. I had a blast. I agree blast. with you. You know, the the sooner you can tap into that local knowledge and and, and put the experience in the fly shop, yeah. you know, to work for you, the better off. So that was the most fun part about it was learning. This guy, I mean, basically, these native trout are just off the Blue Ridge, and they're in these little pools, and all it takes is you saying. I mean, I don't even think you could find some of these cricks on, like, Google Maps. Like, a, a blue line would show up. You just got to hike around and find something and, and go make it work. And if you find one, you probably are going to find fish. Right. 
Well, uh, what what other uh, good fun did you have in Western North Carolina? Any good barbecue while you're up there? Uh, we did go to crap. I just had the name of this place in my head. Um, Woodlands Barbecue, pretty good. Um, was it before you did this trip that you did the uh, Wood Run? The, yes, uh, the week before that. Trip, yeah, you know, run. man, I have to tell you, I was mon- monumentally disappointed. And I know you weren't, like, you know, the captain of that whole adventure. So, yeah. you know, you could provide input. But, you know, the the fact that you were so – I mean, you drove past Partners I, Barbecue. I did. And I Piney saw Flats, it. And I was like, man, you've got to go there. <laughs> and, and it was breakfast time when you would have gone by. It was breakfast, by, Ryan. But still, the breakfast there is really good. Well, and I – And I almost, when you were in Boone, I was going to say, you know, it's not a far poke – to go over to Johnson City, you know. It's not. It's probably two hours max. Max. Probably an max. hour and a half, maybe. And I was going to tell you to either go there or even closer and probably m- way more famous uh, would be the Ridgewood. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll all get up there hopefully sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, it was one of those things. Like, it was funny. I was, I was riding shotgun, and Rob Hartman, the guy I went up to Tennessee with, was like, we were waiting on budget trucks. We had to wait like two or three more hours for budget to open. I was like, hey, uh, Larry suggested this barbecue place. I think we're fixing to pass it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to budget first. So we get to budget. And at this point, I think we're like maybe three or four miles past it. Yeah, not far at all. And I know exactly like, where the like, budget yeah, place exactly. is. He's like, uh, let's just get something close. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be so. So, where did you guys go from there um, to get something close? So, if you because if you if you had if you had gotten out of your truck, correct, where you were, and I could have told you what direction to throw a rock. Yeah, there's actually a gas station right there. That's off where the we ex- went. Okay, we went to that gas that station. little cafe there. That cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty decent yep. little breakfast I, joint. I don't remember what it's called, but it's it pretty decent. Yeah, that's uh, where I would have told you to go. Their uh, French toast looked amazing. I, Rob ate it, not me, but it looked. But I, like as soon as it came, I was like, "Shit, I should have ordered." Ordered this. the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, but the omelet I had with the hat—it was phenomenal. Good deal. It filled me up. Then we finished the drive. Well, we want to talk about that trip a little bit. Uh, Man, we'll skip it. We'll skip. It, it. wasn't really fishing related. Um, so you got back from the North Carolina trip. Like I said, you you know appreciate you stopping by. We had uh, barbecue that night, and then you know full belly, yep. a little bit of sleep. You had to you had to check out. Um. We're going to check in with Shannon, who's got some show notes. Low country. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the low country boil that we Yeah, because <laughs> the drive back, I kept joking with my sister that we're making because Well, that, that's actually high what country. I was, I, I was okay. trying to segue into was we didn't do, I guess we didn't podcast. Um, I don't no. think we did. No, we didn't. Because I asked Carl, like, <laughs> part of my decision making for am I going to leave or stay, I said, are we recording tonight? He's like, no. No, this is just hanging out. I was like, okay, no, good, because I'm fading from out of town. Yeah, 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 and that's what I was going to segue into. That weekend, uh, we didn't actually podcast. We intentionally did not podcast. Uh, we did a little low country boil. Uh, I had a good friend that was in from out of town, uh, Picking up a new skiff, and the last time uh, he had a new skiff, we did the kind of the same thing. Spent about three days fishing the lagoon, just uh, breaking in the motor, pulling the shit out of the yeah. new skiff, getting a little bit of redfish slime on it, and we did that this trip. Uh, a lot of fun, and uh, 
Tell you what, the low country boil, um, I, I still got a hankering for a little bit more of that. Dude, it I was think, uh, it was one of my favorite things we've cooked. And we I cooked think some good the stuff. shrimp. Uh, the yeah. shrimp were amazing. <laughs> the, the perfect the, amount of Old Bay. And, uh, you know, I ate until I thought I was going to throw up. Uh, I really did. And then I would just, like, wait five or ten minutes and eat a little, and bit, eat more. little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, was, it was playing the long game, and it, uh, it paid off quite, quite well, yeah. quite handsomely. So, uh, Mark, have you been out? I know you've uh, done a little trip here or there. Trip, yeah, was to Montana. Yeah, two what, two or three weeks ago now. Yeah, something like that. Ice fishing. What do you think about ice fishing? I mean, it's pretty cool to say you've done it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not. No, it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say, whoever took your photos on that trip, yeah, did a bang up job because those looked epic. He's. He's a professional. Yeah, you can. He, tell. he was a professional. Um, yeah, it's not my not my cup of tea. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Like I thought, you were just gonna go out there and dunk a line in, start jigging, and no, it's it's work. Like so, if if this lake is covered in what would you say six eight inches of ice or more. Like, how thick was the ice that you were on? I had varied from about 6 to 13 inches. So, obviously, you know, they're using an auger or something like that right. to open up the ice. Do you have to, do you, like, put a, like, almost like a, I'm thinking in my mind, like a little heater from an aquarium in the hole to try to keep the, water at least warm in that hole because i would think it would like try to ice right back over pretty quick no it was it was fairly warm during the day they would freeze over at night okay nothing that a little uh poker like a little stick or something yeah just to chip it off but it was it was a lot of i tried my damnedest at a hand auger okay (laughs) (laughs) decided that wasn't for you (laughs) no i mean like ah it's six inches i can do this no i can't but uh no like you said it was an experience Uh it's not something i am going to actively pursue right you're you're not you're not pining for that next trip out there to go no no uh you know handfuls of pike perch crappie Uh uh-huh so it was it was a good bounty and it's so, and and you're using artificials, just little jigs, or so right. We had the little ice fishing poles uh-huh. with jigs on them, and we were also running lines. So we'd go out on the ice, uh-huh. auger a hole, drop in. I'm gonna call it a shiner. I don't know what kind of bait fish it was. Okay, it was live. You drop it in the hole, run the line off, set the flag. Uh huh. Go fifty feet. Another one. So you're running a line, and you leave them. And then you're waiting to see the flag pop up. Right. So as you're fishing, you know, jigging, just sitting there all day, just. Trying to stay jerking warm. Jerking your pole, yeah. <laughs> jerking your pole. <laughs> you look across the ice, and you say, oh, look, a flag went up. And you get down there, and the wind blew it. So it was. So how many hours a day were you guys out on the ice? Over 12. 
Holy smokes. That's about 11 too many I mean, because me. we would have the little shacks, and they would have those little buddy heaters in them. And right. So you could warm up, and you had plenty of layers on. And like I said, the days were warm. They were 20s, 30s maybe. The first night there was miserable. That's where a lot of those pitches were taken was that first night. I think it was like 15 below with the wind chill. Right. And so trying to get your fingers to work because you're not wearing your gloves. And I wasn't smart enough to put my neoprene glove on getting these bait fish out of the bucket. Right. So it, did, it got a little chilly, but it was it was an experience. And So who was the organization that you were out there fishing This with? organization was Warriors and Quiet Waters out of Montana. And they are for combat wounded veterans. And they take you out to Montana. They outfit you head to toe, put you up in a place to stay. They have all the guides, whether, you know, you're going ice fishing or you're there for their other ones, which run during the summer. And you're just out there to fish and relax and during the, during the summertime, they, they probably run more fly fishing oriented trips. Oh, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, golly, I want to say maybe 10. Okay. At least. I could be wrong, but solid, solid work. You know, it's a 501c3. Right. Everything. And, and, you know, their main focus is for you to enjoy yourself. You don't have to fish. You right. can sit there in the drift boat all day long. They just want to get you outside and, right. you know, have an yep. opportunity to de-stress, unwind. Right. decompress, and, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, it was. And, you know, I they hit me up with the opportunity to go ice fishing. I said, well, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that again, so let's Heck go. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, not for this Florida boy. <laughs> nope. Understood. No. But, yeah, that was it, and came back and mostly we've just made the switch from salt water to now fresh water and that's hey, been that's been a nice change hey, you fished today didn't you we did yeah i took the took the boys out and went fishing for chain pickerel now i was telling you earlier when we were cooking on the traeger um i have never caught a chain pickerel and it seems like you're getting pretty dialed in on an undisclosed location on them pretty well. Are you fishing poppers or is it subsurface? What What are you guys? I mean, gurgler, a gurgler, no shit. That's awesome. Now yeah. I'm really <laughs> fucking wanting to go. So it's it's been all top water. I haven't you know experimented with subsurface or anything down deep. Because everywhere I've been seeing them is they're just sitting there right on top, kind of cruising the weeds. and Really? Yeah, and it's not small, you know, standard number two uh-huh. gurgler. I haven't switched anything, went smaller. Just, well, shit, we're going to have to go soon. You know, yeah. It was in my box. Saw them crushing top water stuff. And, eh, and so it's it's been working out. And I wouldn't say I'm an expert on it yet, but I'm... You feel like darn there. confident. Feel like you, right, you know, yeah. you, you can uh, feeling like you're getting any given got, day, uh, right? Ninety three years experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just rolled back into town uh, from a little trip for work uh, up to Nashville, and uh, it was kind of cool because you know 
I, I drove up there um, due to the amount of equipment that I have to take to do the testing that I do. It's just easier to pack the truck up and spend a day driving to get up there. But uh, this trip in particular was nice because even though I was 11 hours from home, um, I got to hang out with uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew is now living in the Nashville area, doing a pretty cool new job up there. He and uh, I also ran into our favorite Canadian while in the Music City. So uh, between getting to have a quick bite and a couple of beers with uh, Andrew on a couple of evenings and an evening spent uh, with Ted having a couple of beverages and a couple of nice steaks, Andrew and I also uh, had the opportunity to hit Fly South, the fly yep. shop there in Nashville. Nice. And uh, I've been in Fly South a couple times in the past and uh, hadn't been terribly impressed with the fly shop um but i, I believe uh, based on my experience this trip that maybe i just caught them on an off day uh, this time in we got covered up in help mm -hmm. uh, jim the gentleman that owns the shop uh, came back andrew was picking out a lot of uh, material because he's trying to tie up uh, a bunch of flies for a trip that's coming up that he's wanting to take. So he was picking my brain on some bonefish patterns and, and what hooks and, you know, different materials that he might want to use. And Jim came back and, you know, checked in with us when we first got there. We said we had it handled. He came back a few minutes later. You guys look like you're finding everything, but is there anything that you're looking for? And we had literally just gone over and we're starting to look for hooks and I asked him for a specific hook, and he was like, I don't have that hook, that exact model, but here I've got. And, you know, it's pretty awesome because when you're standing in front of a rack with, like, a bajillion hooks, yeah, you're, you spend time. And he knew exactly the hook that I was asking for, and though he didn't have that particular brand model, he knew exactly what the corresponding model would be <laughs> and, like, reached over here take a look at this or take a look at this only difference is the you know diameter of the wire and i look and i'm like this is it right here yeah so it was pretty cool um he left us to it and probably five minutes later another guy working at the shop comes back checks in on us um and then when we were checking out um the dude that was running the register checking andrew out we ended up talking probably another 10 15 minutes with him just shooting the shit so uh you know Sometimes when you go to a fly shop, just like you were saying when you were in North Carolina, you might get that vibe that, you know, it's not the best place or, you know, the kind of shoulder. Yeah, the culture. But I would just tell you that it's just like anywhere else. Yeah. You know, you can go to a restaurant sometimes and get a shitty meal, but you go back and find out it's mm. actually a damn good place, and you end up going back there a whole lot yep. based on that second experience. Right. So uh, tip of the cap to the guys down at Fly South. Excellent customer service, uh, more than willing to help us out and appreciate it. It was uh, definitely worth going in. They're going to be having uh, the fly fishing film tour up there a little bit later in March. Okay. I don't know whether I'm going to be up there in time for that or not. I've got another project that's going to be kicking off in Nashville soon. So kind of hoping to 
get two in together. Yeah, loop the two together so I could do that. But uh, other than that, I'm looking at uh, my show notes. And uh, while I was in Nashville, there was uh, a little uh, conclave, I guess would be a good a good word to use. Um, Flip Palette was involved. Uh Oh. Some some guides from <laughs> South Florida, and uh, yeah. we're just going to tease it there and uh, take a break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the conservation film movement that uh, recently came rolling into town. So, Mark, if you can uh, get us a little bit of music going, I think we're going to take our first break. And just like that, we are back, and uh, somehow I'm here at the table without a fresh beer, which oh, is like well, complete and total faux let pas me go get on you my one. part. But uh, so a little background um, on the, I, I guess uh, there's a, I don't even know if it's an internet TV show or it's on one of the sports Networks. Yeah, I'm not that, sure you know, I, I really, I, honestly, I hadn't even heard of the show. No, um, I had heard of the people that are involved. Yeah. Um, I also know that in years past, and I, I say years, not euphemistically, but like literally uh, a while back, um, their efforts um, have have generated some results down in South Florida. Um, and through all of that, um, we being, uh, some of the more vocal folks around the lagoon, um, had, had approached them and said, you know, you guys are, are doing a pretty good job down South. Is there any way you could lend a voice? Because we seem to have been forgotten up here. Yep. And the reception was pretty Antarctic. Um, so... Now that things have uh, taken a turn for the better, uh, as far as at least what plans are being laid and with the current administration, like Carl had talked about a few episodes ago, DeSantis came in and cleaned house yeah. with the uh, South Florida Water Management District, reappointed the whole board, um, trying to move forward a little bit more aggressively. With uh, restoration plans for the Everglades, um, maybe... Uh, a little mission creep and uh, a couple weeks two three weeks ago I got a phone call and asked if I would be you know around in a time frame and I said unfortunately I'm going to be out of town um, that there was going to be some folks coming up to I was told do to kind of like a town hall meeting um, with uh, 
stakeholders uh, from Mosquito Lagoon to hear, you know, from our perspective, what is going on with the water, uh, what our perceptions were, what we felt needed to happen, what might benefit the lagoon. Um, and I, I was kind of stoked to hear that, you know, hey, maybe maybe now we're going to get a little attention. Because yeah. um, I don't, I don't want to be totally jaded and say, you know, there's no benefit to these types of shows. Um, I am going to be a bit jaded and say that it seems like it's the new cottage industry. Um, you have a TV show, whether it's on, you know, whatever platform, and you concentrate more on conservation issues, that seems to be the Trey Chic thing of sure. late. And that's, yeah. that's where you get your sponsorship uh, yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to get loaded down with... Uh, Coolers, chairs, free skiffs, whatever. You're 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 going to become the marketing vehicle, right? So, uh, with all that being factored in, I do not lose sight of the fact that a little bit of a light being shined on what we've known for years is a problem up here might, in fact, be getting a little attention now. So, I was a little bummed at the idea that I was going to be gone when this all went down but I was aware of it and uh, while I was gone I, I started seeing stories on the the gram and it wasn't really what I'd been told originally what it sounded like it was going to be because it wasn't at all an engagement of anybody local up here other than a handful of guides that yep. uh we're really there to serve as camera boat operators. And uh, there was uh, some, uh, you know, we'll have to wait for the, the movie to come out. Uh, you know, limited a little bit that we saw in the stories, kind of we'll call that the trailer, is uh, some highfalutin um, luminary anglers, we'll call them, had lunch at the brewery and... I'm sure they pontificated about what their perceptions were from afar and come up here and fish for a day or two uh, as to what's going on here. So I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I'm going to reserve judgment. Um, I, I, I won't say that it's a bad thing. What I will say is it could be a better thing to actually engage folks that are out here that have been living it for the last, Absolutely. you know, eight, nine years uh, that we've been seeing the brown tide and understand that it's a culmination of decades upon decades upon decades of poor management of the waters here, whether it's the reduction of filtration by right. salt marsh uh, in the name of mosquito control over the last 50 to 70 years to some degree, um, whether it's the muck accumulation um, that's a result of not having that not filtration, having filtration. Um, that muck building up as an unintended consequence of causeways being built and because you go from a uniform depth average of three to five feet to having a 12-foot pit where all of the organic matter collects and becomes, uh, I'm not even going to try to use the scientific term for it, basically anaerobic uh, sludge mass. Um, you know, and, and there's different ideas of, you know, let's dredge out the muck, and that seems to be a popular one. And, and I, I saw something from the St. John's River Water Management District 
talking the crazy talk about pumping water somewhere close to Port Canaveral into the Banana River um, with fresh seawater to flush it out. Then they also have a proposed site out by Launchpad 39 to put it into, like, the Max Heck area. Um, It's not natural. Uh, It's not the way that the lagoon operates. It's a closed system for a reason. Um, What man has done over the last multiple decades is removed all filtration. Yeah. Uh, And somewhere along the way, we got a little disingenuous and said waterfowl um, and shorebirds, et cetera, have taken advantage of man's mistake and start embracing these um, impoundments. And that's what we're managing them for now. Right. Uh, We've lost sight of the fact that they actually used to be part of the greater estuary. And with their removal, we've seen nothing but a downhill decline. So I I guess I'm kind of a little bit miffed that, you know, we didn't get the opportunity to go and talk about those things as average guys you know and that's what we are we're just average guys man you know just average guys that love the shit out of the lagoon i I don't have captain in front of my name i don't have a charter business you know i'm not looking for anything special as far as recognition but by gosh if you're going to come up here and pretend to care that that you (laughs) care suddenly um and and, uh, you know it's a tough spot to be in here because I don't think they don't care, but it's very suspicious that the conservation film train just shows up as soon as things start to seem a little bit more rosy down there. Instead of declaring victory and minding the store down there, it's like, well, where can we go next to keep this going? Because make no secret about it, there is a certain element of some of the organizations that end up becoming almost bureaucratic in nature. They're, they're no longer working really as an active guide any longer. That, that's how it got started right. because they had the same passion that we have. Yeah. But they almost become, you know, an officer of the corporation. It's 501c3. I get it. But they're drawing a salary from that, and it becomes how do you continue to sustain that it's lifestyle? Just, yeah. How do you continue to sustain that status of, hey, I'm a motherfucker that's getting shit done. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a you got to cer- move on to the next project. Is this yeah, exactly. So um, you know, I, I only have my reservations and my doubts about it because it's now become a TV show or internet show or whatever it is. Um, I've heard plans that there's another similar fishing excursion slash even uh, the next one I've heard is actually going to be more of like a kind of a party atmosphere uh, sponsored by a clothing brand uh, in a different region of the state. Um, We'll see if that comes to fruition, (laughs) if my sources are correct. (laughs) And I was like, wow, man, you know, maybe we're missing out. We didn't get the whole full party um, thrown. But maybe we'll get it next year when when we're doing something else. So I don't know what your all's thoughts are on it. Um, Mark, I know you're out all the time. You and I have spent plenty of time uh, going through some really shitty water and, and, and scratching our heads and looking at it and going, how is it that we're, like, we could throw a, a, a Frisbee golf disc from where we were and hit a certain building, and they're nowhere to be found advocating for the water in their backyard. Right. Yeah. 
it's hard for me to speak on the topic because I don't know what it was like. This is the norm to me, and I know yeah, it's not same. normal. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, so it's... I use the term loosely. The old timers, mm-hmm. the waters were this way. The waters, well, that's great, but this is what they are now, and how can we change it? Right. And I brought it up to you in the, in the text message. Hey, this is what these guys are doing this weekend. Is there any word from our friend? Are they getting him involved? Right. Loosely. Right. Very loosely. And, yeah. The, what I was told originally, because that's who they reached out to, um, hey, we're going to need some help putting this together. All for it, 100%. Right. You know, he was like, hell yeah. And, and, and that was my initial, was hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it unfold, I was like, dude, we're yucking it up in a bar. We're doing the same old fucking template. Right. We're showing back up in front of a building where somebody's going to tell us how great the company is for the conservation effort. And it's like, bro, you haven't been engaged in your own backyard for the better part of almost a decade now. Yeah. Right. Um, and- is the backyard yeah i mean (laughs) you know and and from a business perspective they all need to market but i really feel like we're getting overserved with the conservation message and it becomes a little bit easier to be jaded towards it because there's a level of disingenuousness to it there you go and that's what i was going to come to is is there's always I feel like it's a branding effort yeah, more absolutely. so than a heartfelt effort. Because if it was heartfelt, I would have heard you be involved a lot longer ago. Even if it was just on a small level because you were focused on this other project. Right. And and I, I'm juxtapose the current way that things are being done against the way it used to happen. Um, years ago, there were events held in the lagoon, mm-hmm. sponsored by local businesses that had a vested interest that should have remained more engaged here, uh, in my estimation. And, and I participated in those events, and they were good events. And and then, you know, it became the thing to support, which was Everglades restoration. And don't get me wrong. I 100% think that the Everglades situation needs to be addressed. Yeah. I don't, and I've been on record of saying I don't 100% agree with some of the tactics that, that were used. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think any of those unsavory tactics that I didn't like actually resulted in the changes that we've sure. seen. But um, things are changing, and it's good. It's good that they are. And, you know, maybe, maybe now it's our turn. Uh, maybe we're just, you know, a little too small, not as populous, uh, you know, not as popular. And maybe, I mean, fuck, I'll be the first to admit, I don't look good on TV. You know, so, so <laughs> you know, may, maybe there's not enough of us glam, you know, glamorous types up this way to uh, sustain the uh, filmmaking process. Well, see, and, you know, I've been kind of looking at the future, too, with what else is in our bag, the space industry. The space industry is supposed to grow exponentially. Well, yeah. they Which just announced yesterday or the day before 
within the last 48 hours, Firefly or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's some mega million dollar thing down at, what what is it, Innovation? No, it's not Innovation Park. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's right there off the 407. Uh, when you cut towards Pine Island, there's like a... Oh, yeah. The, you, you know where I'm talking uh, about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know Yeah, so anyway, that's where they're going to build that rocket plant. And it's kind of neat. Uh, I haven't read much about it, but they seem to be what they call small to medium-sized payloads, mm-hmm. uh, which are going to be smaller rockets, like doing these micro-satellites and right. stuff. So it's going to be kind of cool. You know, they're going to pick up the pace of, like, you know, more, more launches. SpaceX ain't going to be the only, you know... Space Alliance, Launch Alliance, all those guys. There's going to be a lot more rockets flying. But at the same time, like you say, that means more people. You know, just in my area alone. More environmental impact. Have popped up. Right. And And I'm, you know, philosophically and, and politically oriented, I'm all for growth as long as it's managed growth right. yeah you know i i am the last person you'll hear that says well they shouldn't be allowed to build that neighborhood well if the guy 40 years ago was allowed to develop and build a neighborhood the right. guy that's yeah, willing absolutely. to risk his money today to develop and you know take on that risk he but along with it comes is what have we learned in the last 40 years okay well we're not going to allow you to develop that neighborhood and put in septic tanks. We need to yeah. have you hooked to the sewer. So it's going to cost a little bit more. Everybody's going to pay more for the houses. Right. I get that, and I'm very supportive of that. What I don't get is how we just continue to look the other way, and this is pointed at NASA yeah. and the Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge. A mistake was made many, many, many years ago yes. uh, in the name of mosquito control. And there was a valid reason for why they did what they did, but now that they know what they know, they should be trying They're, to reverse right. it. Yeah. But they don't. They just dig in and go, well, we're managing it for this now. And it's like, but the, the those few limited species that you're managing for are part of an overall ecosystem that's on, on the verge of collapse. I don't want to beat the drum and say that Mosquito Lagoon is gone. Mosquito Lagoon is lost because I personally have seen it when it's better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen it at its worst. And I feel like, honestly, this spring so far, even with it being as warm of a winter as we've had, we've had a few cold snaps. Right. Uh, And and for the record, um, I saw frost twice this winter. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw an Instagram (laughs) post today. Uh, that said, you know, the winter has come and gone without a single frost. I don't know. I, I saw it twice. Not in my neighborhood. Yeah. I've <laughs> yeah. I've seen frost twice. But regardless, it, it's been a warm winter. I will stipulate to that. Um, but even with it being as warm as it has been, I'm seeing a little bit better water quality in general. And I'm actually yeah. starting to see some grass that's starting to try to come back but by and large no there's miles and miles and miles of flats that i would normally otherwise be pulling over a beautiful emerald green wavy grass bottom that is now fucking muddy mess yeah so mother nature has her own ideas of time frames and 
healing and balance. And I'm willing to just kind of sit back and let her do her thing. And I believe as long as we fix what we've already screwed up, instead of trying to screw something up in the efforts of fixing that screw up, well, and it's, I'm behind it. It's because, I mean, those, those salt marshes that filtered so much would be what you would consider a keystone item. There you and go. When you, That's perfect. When you tweak a keystone item, you've now tweaked the architecture of the lagoon. Yes. Which means now you've cut off this filtration system, so you've, you've tweaked it to where now obviously it doesn't filter because it can't get there, so you get overload. Yes. And then you get the compounding interest of negative effects coming from that. I think once you open back up those filtration centers, it's going to take a long time. Don't get me wrong, but you're going to have compound interest working for you instead of against you, and you're going to be able to start filtering things back up and see grass growing again. But until we get to some kind of, I don't want to say agreement because it shouldn't be that way, but some kind of light bulb moment that goes off in everybody's head and says, you know what? We are tweaking a keystone item for something that, like a, a bird species or, or ducks that right. are going to come here whether we have this pond set up or not. Maybe not exactly in these numbers, and they might not land here, right. but they'll land a couple miles one way or the other. You, gotta, you can't sacrifice the overall health because of one interest. I agree. And, you know, and that's something that's going to have to get worked out um, amongst all the user groups. Yeah, um, agreed. And, and, and one of the most comforting things I've heard in recent months talking to one of the staff biologists at the Wildlife Refuge is, believe it or not, we are, all of us, the most unimportant part of every consideration that they make. Um, meaning in the federal government, there is only one agency in the federal government, and it's the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Mm -hmm. Their mandate is the wildlife first. And then if there is a human user group that has a somewhat compatible use, they're able to enter into the equation, but only after they consider what their move is towards the wildlife. So they do have the environment and the flora and the fauna within the refuge as their priority. And because we made decisions back in the 50s and the 40s to, to do all of what we did with the, the ditches and the impoundments, we also have to understand what's going to happen if we take them down. Um, so there's movement yeah. in that direction, but just like the muck that has settled alongside the NASA causeway or any causeway that's been put, you yeah. Know, yeah. that also happened inside the impoundments because they reached over right. and dug enough to create the impoundment, right? Uh, the, the dike. So it's not as simple as I wish it were, because if it were as simple as I wish it were, it would be go out with a bulldozer and just fill it all and just push it back. But there's the unintended consequence if you do right. that that you've got all this muck to deal with, release. and what does it release back out? Right. So, yeah. so they're actually looking at it. They understand, and they have done some restoration and removed some of them, and they've seen the benefits, and they're working that way slowly. 
Yeah. And the nice thing to know is they don't care what I think is an angler, and they don't care what Mark thinks is a duck hunter. They don't care what Ben thinks as an Audubon Society bird watcher. They care yeah. about what we care about, which are those is, yeah. species. And they're going to figure out how the best move forward from that. So, right. you know, hip, hip, hooray. The lagoon might get a little bit of notoriety on a TV show. But if I were the creative director on a TV show, I would try to do less luminary and more good old common everyday folk. Yeah. And here's some anecdotal stories from the people that have been here and are doing it. Whether our ideas are crazy, our ideas are mundane, our stories are interesting or otherwise, you talk to enough of us, you're going to find enough to tell a story. I'm probably less inclined to tune into your show if all it is is a recycled luminary show. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I, I just know I'm getting marketed to on some level, and you're just using a particular story to market to me. So, with that said, um, I think, you know, we can probably stop beating that dead horse and <laughs> yeah. uh, let it go. We, um, we, we're, we're talking about videos and filmmaking and we've got an awesome opportunity to talk to one of the very best, one of the most exciting voices in fly fishing filmmaking currently. And we're going to do that after this break. So we're back, and uh, if you haven't guessed it already, you haven't been listening long enough, because that music can only mean one thing. We're heading up the hill about 8,000-some-odd feet above sea level. And who's with us now? Hey, I'm Ben. I'm a huge fly fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ben, man, big kind of deal today that I saw. Um, looks like, uh, the fellas over the Flyfish journal, uh, took notice of your work. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they did. They did. I, I saw that they, they reposted that and it's, it's fun. I don't get any like notification. They didn't tell me that. Oh, they didn't I, say. Uh, I, no, they didn't know. So I, I like to play around with the YouTube analytics a lot and that's where I found that I was getting some traffic from their website so i went and investigated and that's how i found that i and, got gotcha. you uh, yeah so then i communicated with them after that and it was 
thumbs up all around. So I was, I was happy that they, they shared what I'm doing. It helps me out. So uh, was it was it Kopi that uh, kind of pushed your effort forward down there? I was guess. It, yeah. I, I guess I don't I don't I don't really know to be honest with you, but he's the only one over there that I've ever had communication with, and I've never met him in person, but we've communicated back and forth, and so I'm assuming that's who's behind my efforts over there. But your, I don't really know your, for your sure. Medi- which, which your meteoric fun. rise to stardom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's the word that I would describe for it, but something like that, yeah. You know, I think uh, I think this is probably the first time that we've uh, chatted so formally here on the on the podcast, probably since uh, you were down here, yeah, as visit and, and sitting actually at the oak table. Um, I know it's been a while. Yeah, yeah so you know, and sure. uh, in in that time. Um, you know, because I'm sure you listen to every episode that we put out, just like we we always watch every Monday or Tuesday yeah. when your video comes out. Yeah. yeah. So uh, as soon as I can, as soon as it's uploaded, I'm listening. You know, because uh, you know we we've certainly you know I talked about coming out and visiting in Colorado, and you and I going out on uh, the winter solstice and and having a good time and. Certainly doing some filming out there with you, which is always fun. But, um, you know, I, I was bragging on your mom the last episode, and I, uh, I really I meant it, man. It, I mean, it's super <laughs> rad. Like, sticker I, game is strong. I, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to another trip out there, not to see Ben, but to swing by mom's house and, like, <laughs> dig through and get some more stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she cooks a good dinner, too. Right? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't just cook a good dinner. She puts on the full spread, like hors d'oeuvre, like yeah. the dessert, the whole nine nice. yards. It's it's amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, you you actually were recently in Florida. I was. I and was. and it very could recent. very well be the first time ever in the state of Florida that there was an ass-hooked whitey. <laughs> yeah, I needed to make more butt hooking jokes in that video. They were so easy. Yeah, that's a good one though. Ass looks whitey. Yeah, that was it. It was definitely white. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a good time making that video, and we had a good time in Florida. So we had we had really nice weather, um, and we fished for probably three and a half days um there weren't a ton of fish around the water was a little bit cold but uh we had a real good time and we put a bunch of fish in the air and and we brought a couple to the boat and and did everything we wanted to do so when you were out um camping um looked like probably up oyster bay somewhere in that area um that area that area (laughs) Um, any, uh, any mosquito report that you want to share with us? How, how are the bugs? I mean, this time of year is usually pretty good. It wasn't terrible. Um, I don't have much experience with that. It was my first time shaky camping. So, um, you know, I don't have a baseline, but, uh, it wasn't unbearable. There was only one night where we had to spend it basically inside the tent out of three nights okay that's not bad that's not bad yeah 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 right as long as you can hang out outside that's not bad at all 
I mean, um, we we literally had to hang out inside tonight, tonight while yeah. we were while we were grilling yeah. because it was yeah. absolutely brutal with the mosquitoes here this evening. Yeah. Well, in our situation, I mean, I'm not as seasoned as you guys are down there, but it wasn't always the mosquitoes; it was the noceum. Oh, oh God. Um, I can actually I can handle yeah. like the worst mosquitoes you can throw at me. I'm pretty okay with. But man, no CMs are just like yeah, it was the bad worst at times. It was it was bad at times. But Colin called it. He's like, listen, the no CMs are going to go away in like thirty minutes. Yep. And then the, then the mosquitoes are going to come out for a little while. And then and they go away. Right. Yeah, and then they did. And then, but there was one night where the wind changed. They came, and then we got a south wind, and everything got a lot warmer. And that night was was the the, the worst night as far as bugs. Um, and it was a lot, uh, just sleeping was a lot sweatier. Right. Um, yeah, but, um, it so, was awesome. I'd always wanted to do a, a chicky trip. I'd been down and fishing that area a whole bunch of times and I, and I'd never done a chicky trip and I was glad to check that off the list. It was, it was really, really fun. It was such a great way to, to, to fish and such a great way to do it. We had, we were three nights out there, so it was, it was great. Um, you know, probably not the right venue to ask you this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I've kind of been out of touch on the gram over the past four or five days because I was working. Uh, but uh, did I see that you drew a permit for um, something out west? I did. You did. I did. Can we, you get can you we, get with I me do. offline on that so we can talk about that? <laughs> yes, we can. Okay. Yes, we can definitely. De- be- be- believe, believe me, you. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that. Okay. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna do a big uh, we're gonna do a big river trip this year. Awesome. And yeah, that that's gonna happen. Um, so that was a nice surprise. I got. I was in the in the. I was camping for like three days, and I got that nice surprise when I got back out into civilization. So yeah, we're gonna do that's that's not gonna happen to, until late summer. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah so, um, summer. what, um, what in general, um, should we be expecting over the next few weeks and months, uh, from the huge fly fishermen? Are you, uh, you got anything on your agenda travel wise, or, or are you hearing any good suggestions from, uh, your loyal followers, which I think you're up over what, seven, 800 followers now? Yeah, a little over 700 now, I think. Not that I'm keeping track or anything. Um, <laughs> Not that you're checking uh, analytics. But I think, um, well, video-wise, we're going to have a bunch of pretty much Florida-based stuff for a little while. And then I don't have any trips planned. Um, I don't have anything on the books. I'm really waiting for stuff to thaw around here so I can fish locally. Right. And like there, there is local fishing, but it's not, I mean, I just don't want to mess around with that crap. So I'm waiting for things to thaw and I will plan something. I will go somewhere in probably March or April. Um, and also, um, I do, I am actually, I'm going to Canada in a few weeks. Oh, that's to, right. Yeah. Um, keynote speaker if anyone is going to be in Lethbridge, Canada I'm going to be the keynote speaker at a uh, Tinkara convention 
<laughs> yes, of course. Tenkara slash bait fishing. Um, no, it's like the, uh, I'm going to butcher their name here. It's like the West Chinook Fly Fishers Club or something like that. Um, they're having an event. It sounds like it's going to be a really good time. They said deer is a priority. So I was pretty much sold, sold. on that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be up there March 15th and 16th. Uh, if any of the listeners happen to be in that area. So if I were if I were bigger. booking airfare, where would I be flying into uh, to come? Calgary or Great Falls, Montana. You can wow. Oh, wow, Calgary. Don't start yeah. a stampede uh, while you're up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I've never been there before, but... They, they invited me up there to, to come hang out, so I'm going to go do that. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. And then we're going to go find somewhere to fish in the spring, man. I need to go. I don't know. I mean, Oak Hill's always on the list. Hey, you know um, you're always welcome down here, whether whether yeah. it's to come down and yeah. so that you and I can yell at each other on the boat while we video <laughs> something or just to come down and fucking fish, you hey, know? Hey, I did, I, did some more, I did some more polling on this last trip. Yeah? Um, yeah. I mean, not, not a lot. But um, I pulled I pulled a Ginu for for a little while. Uh huh. Um, don't don't put that in your logbook though. Don't put <laughs> yeah. that in your logbook because <laughs> it's it's not an actual count? boat. It doesn't count. That doesn't count. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> so how about uh, you saw I saw we we shared the chicky with hole number two there. Uh, I think that oh, was hole okay. number three. I believe you said wasn't it? Or was well, it two? No, it was two. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, okay. Was, yeah, that's pretty. That's yeah, pretty awesome. Two. Um. You know, uh, a little different bit than, different a, than your boat. Yeah, it was the little uh, side console, the flat side console, um, yeah. with uh, way too much uh, accessories. We'll call them. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you take you take the classic beauty of something that was created twenty years ago, and you hang all of this stuff that's only like really come about in the last. 10 years and it's just like it, it's like i don't know just not my <laughs> cup of tea i can't even articulate no. it it's so troubling i knew to me. it wasn't your cup of tea and that's why i took that picture solely for you and i was amazed it came out in the middle of the night it's like um but as much as you would disagree with that style of gift those were amazingly stand-up guys and did you happen to see the little thing i posted with the handwritten note was like hey yeah yeah beard so we shared the chicky with those guys one night and we knew that they were going to fish the morning come back and get their stuff and then take off and go home and we knew that they were going to have extra beer and ice and we had like another day or two right and so i left them a bunch of stickers and that note and i was like hey if you guys have any extra beer and ice please leave it in this cooler and you know we went back and checked in the afternoon and they, they were did. gone, and of course they did. Awesome, they nice. Up great guys. Yeah, Steve and Dak, uh, guys from down there. So big ups to you guys. Um, yeah, they did us a big favor. Yeah, that's um, awesome, man. You know, and yeah, you know. So I, I think that little story kind of captures what it means to you, and it means to me and Mark and Ben. You know, it's it's not about the fish. The fish are great, but it's it's being able to tell a story like that. You know that that's really the draw for us in fly fishing, and uh, I guess you know 
camaraderie. Yeah, well, and all the people you meet, all the people you meet, and ninety nine percent of the time they turn out to be pretty damn cool. Absolutely. And like I, we 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 came. Uh, Colin and I, we came back to the Tiki at one time, and we're like, oh shit, there's somebody here. Um, you know, so then we had the inevitable conversation of, gosh, I hope that our our campsite mates are going to be cool. You know, like you never know how that's going to go. Right. And so then we got, once we met them, we got to talk and had a couple beers and whatnot. And the one guy was like, oh man, we totally had this conversation. Like, man, I hope these guys are going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we had the same conversation. And it was great. And, they, and we had a good time. And we, you know, we shared information because we had done different things that day. Um, so, so you never know who you're going to run into out there. And it's also funny, like, man, uh, it's a, just a small world running around with, for instance, Colin, who I was running around with, he can like point out people, you know, like, he oh, knows yeah. who that guy is, and he knows who that guy is. And obviously there's randoms here and there, but, um, so, or if he doesn't, or if he doesn't know who that guy in the polling skip is, there's not many degrees of separation between us. Oh, you yeah, know, maybe for sure. probably a phone call. And you know, was there was there ever the occasion where he's like, "Hey, that's so and so," and you're like, "Uh huh," and then he says, "Blah blah blah" on Instagram. And you're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah." Now I know. I you're... think that happened once or twice. Yeah, that happened once or twice. Yeah. There was a lot of people running around, man. I've been in that area several times, and I've never seen so many people there. But I've never been there in the winter. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's the happy yeah. time. Yeah, it was much much different. Both. So we launched out of Flamingo, and both at Flamingo, I've never seen so much activity there ever. Um, so and then even out running around, it was just people. But it was a holiday weekend. Were you guys doing? And it was just people everywhere. Did you guys do full vulture protocol on the vehicles before leaving? He did. Yeah, he he did. He covered his car for sure. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've yeah. been to Flamingo, you don't even know what that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, he did, and I, that was the first. And it, that was usually I'm going there with our friend that lives in the Keys, you know. And I've never been there with anyone else. Actually, I guess I went with Colin one time, but I've never seen anyone personally cover their car. Right. But there's always those ones in the parking lot. But probably half the trucks in the parking lot had a cover on them. So, and I saw plenty of vultures. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the uh, gasket material around the windshields, the, but uh, the rubber apparently it's it. pretty tasty. Um, yeah, so whatever. one of the questions whatever. that, and, and you know, hopefully I'm not going to be playing spoiler or anything, but um, after you guys got finished, um, looks like you went back and had a little spa treatment at the backyard pool yeah. jacuzzi. Um, yeah, quick. And yeah. you and I played phone tag a couple of times. Um, right. I can't remember. I th- maybe I was already I was on my way to Tennessee when you were. Uh, I was just exhausted. Yeah, we were all exhausted. But my my question was, and I was hoping to get a hold of you. You flew in and out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, yeah? No. Again. No. Oh. No. You went Miami? No. You went to uh, Well, you know, you, know, you know I found upon the Fort Lauderdale, right? <laughs> you know that. Right. Yeah. But so I was, it was, it was all Colin, like Colin was going to pick me up from the airport. So I was like, what is easier for you? 
and and it was closer for him to pick me up and easier for him to pick me up if I went into Miami. And flying in and out of Miami when someone's picking you up curbside was pretty easy. Okay. My, my whole gripe against Miami was, is the rental car situation. And, um, but no, flying in and out, um, him picking me up was, was not too bad at all. So and and he lives like 15 minutes from the airport, so it was all. Well, okay, so it, it, it can still work. My question was going to be based around. I thought maybe you'd flown in and out of Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Did I ruin your? No, 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 Did no, not at all, not at all. Actually, Miami Lakes, um, you know, around the airport. I was wondering when you guys got back from your trip, whether there was any ditch canal uh, lake fishing for some of the exotics. I didn't know if you got a chance to dip your toe into that while you were in town? Because I, I know the primary no. purpose was, you know, the Glades trip. But I thought it, from the time you got back wasn't. and when you said you were flying out at like 10 o'clock at night, I was like, maybe he's going to have a chance to no, go hit some lakes. No, we fished that morning, man. Um, the uh, we, we, we caught tarpon that the morning that I flew out, you know, out, out, out on the Gulf. Okay. Um yeah, so we, we pulled out of Flamingo at like one, maybe 1 or 2 o'clock that afternoon, and then we went back to his house for a quick uh, hot tub and steak dinner, and then I Ubered to the airport and went home on like a 10 o'clock flight, and I got home at 3 a.m., and then I had a huge day at work the next day. That, that sucked, but, um, but that was a whirlwind. Um, Wait a oh, second. Yeah, I, I could actually have you Uber back to the airport instead of having to get up that morning? <laughs> well, that was a 15 minute. I'm taking <laughs> notes, man. I'm taking notes. So, uh, yeah, he treated me right. He treated me right. <laughs> um, so, no, well, and that's the thing. Uh, he, he, it was not banker's hours, Larry. No, not with hours. Colin. Not with Colin. Not with Colin. It was balls to the wall. Sergeant Colin had you up at ODART 30. Day. And you were and, on it. And let me tell you something. Yeah, absolutely. If you're absolutely. on the skiff, if you are on a waterborne conveyance with a fishing someone's apparatus, got, somebody fishing. has to have a yeah. line in the water. There's no doubt about someone's that. Fishing. So I've got a funny so, funny was, story with Colin, right? So I, I spent two weeks on a river in Alaska with Colin. And Colin and I had never fished together uh, prior to that. And this was Colin's first trip ever in fresh water for like trout salmon anything of that nature first first time for salmon for me for sure but i definitely you know trout fish plenty and the intensity level that colin brings to the table as far as go 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 on fishing is pretty insane it's real it's like palpable and we were we were in a raft together one afternoon and I cast lefty, he's a righty, and we were fishing out of respective sides of the boat, and at some point, Colin decides that he's going to fish my side of the boat as well, because he's wanting to cover as much as he, I mean, if there's something that looks fishy, he didn't give a shit at some point, <laughs> and so a couple times we get tangled up, right, and I'm like, dude, relax, you know, you fish that side, I'll fish this side, and we get tangled again, so I get us untangled, and after about the third time that we got untangled, that third time, I just took 
And instead of untangling us, I took my nippers and nipped his fly right off. And then I pick up and I cast. And he picks up and casts. And then he's like, wait a second, what? And I just handed him his fly back. And I knew at least <laughs> at least I had a little time to fish on my own while he had to tie it back on. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, we had a great time, man. He's, he's an intense dude on the water, but not in a bad way. He's he's fucking no, awesome to do no. a trip with. There's no doubt about he, it. He, yeah, and he knows what he's doing too, man. Like he, and it was, uh, it's yeah. We're we're out of out of bed before sunrise. You know, roll out of the tent, brush your teeth in the boat, running. You know, like immediately. Um, but he took real good care of me, and it was. Uh, I got so much of the sense of. Uh, I'm sure you've been on both sides of this where the guide wants the guest to catch a fish so Absolutely. much more. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just happy to be there. I'm having a great time. But clearly he wants me to catch fish way more than I do. But he's just a very he's a very intense fisherman and it's really fun to be around because I'm a really rural, well, sometimes right, sometimes not. But and I'm trying to I'm trying to like dork out with my camera and do some video stuff and i can't drag him away from fishing for five minutes now it was pretty cool (laughs) that that you actually notched a new species i saw you guys uh got you a triple tail or two um i wish we had those in the lagoon that was that was a pretty rad thing that you got um yeah yeah i i I really wanted to eat one badly but we were just short yeah, it was cool. We were fishing on the outside, and we had one drift by, just just drifted by us in the current. That's a free sw- that's a free swimmer. It was a floater. It was a floater. <laughs> there you go. There. Yeah. Well, see, we don't have those yeah, in the lagoon, so I don't know the nomenclature. Down, you know. Yeah. Um, so, excuse me. I caught him, and then uh, we were getting ready to go somewhere, and we ran outside and ran a buoy line, and, and uh, he showed me how to catch triple tail out there. And I caught like three more right away out there. It was, it was awesome. We were cruising by skipping the small ones. You know? uh, nice. Um, yeah, it do. was really cool. Yeah, it was really fun. They were all over the, all over the place. There was tons of them. Um, so it was really cool. He showed me a lot of good stuff, man. That he, he knows, he knows what's going on out there. So, so what really did you guys go out there? What'd you guys do for dinner out on the chicky? That's what I want to know more about. Yeah, we. Uh, I was. I was very curious about that too because I've heard multiple stories about chickens, chickens burning down, um, <laughs> and yeah, and, and you're not cooking on a stove, whatever. We pre-cooked meats, and and then just ate, you know, cold chicken and sausages and fried chicken, um, as well as snacky type food, you know. And it was so funny. I went to the store. I, I was on the food shopping duty. I made the big food shop and then brought brought it back to his house. And he just berated me relentlessly for not having enough food. And I'm like, dude, we have plenty of food. And then he's like, you got way too much fucking beer. And I'm like, I'm worried. About, I'm worried about the. I'm worried about the beer situation. And we came home with 17 pounds of food and zero beers. Yeah. We we had our last beers on our way into Flamingo and restocked at the at the marina, so, um, so yeah we pre pre cooked a bunch of meat. So now that you kept it cold. now that you had the opportunity for a side by side comparison of fried chicken 
are you still solidly a Dion's man, or is Publix no. edged out Dion's at this point? Publix has definitely edged it out. Um, and what really sealed the deal was the firsthand account of the quick chick in Isla Morada, where a fluorescent bulb exploded over <laughs> the frying chicken uh, tub, and nobody batted an eye, and business continued as usual. So that pretty much sealed the deal. Uh, but I did, I did still stop at the Florida City one out of tradition. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty much sold on Publix because I did, I did get to do the side-by-side comparison this time, and uh, it's pretty obvious. But all that aside, all of that stuff is a thousand times better than what I can get locally. So it's all good for me. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, when, when and if you do come back down in March or April – um, we're going to put you on an investigative report assignment. The, uh, the meth lab now has fresh hand cut meats, um, chicken fingers that are fried right there while you wait. It's, uh, I think they okay. say it's a half pound of chicken fingers with, uh, right. fries and a 20 ounce fountain soda for five bucks so we're gonna we're gonna definitely get okay. one of those and i want you to be able to sounds better to than that sounds, sounds better than the pizza you guys order down there Ugh, that shit's terrible <laughs> well it's no <laughs> elevation pizza but you know it's what no, we can get not. you know you know yeah. here in oak hill ben we take what we can get and uh, unfortunately okay. sometimes we have to import from edgewater so <laughs> is that are you talking are you talking about the company or the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> the, the pizza, the pizza man, the pizza. So uh well listen man, we're going to uh probably move towards wrapping up the show, but uh we have certainly uh enjoyed your videos over the past couple of months since we last saw you in person. Keep up the good work. Uh, glad to see you're getting Thanks. noticed on many different, uh, what Orvis has picked up some of your work, uh, fly fish all journal. Place, it's all over the place. All you, over. You, um, you, you're even getting criticism from some of the, yeah. the big name <laughs> bloggers out there. And hey, if there's any, one, any if there's, if there's one thing we all know, if you got haters, you're doing something right. So right. keep up the yeah, good work. Doing all right. And yeah. uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you in person soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll plan something, I'm sure. Um, follow my YouTube channel, Huge Fly Fisherman. I got uh, apparel coming soon. Um, you can always buy stickers. Um, we'll see, now you've extended the segment. Talk to us about apparel. <laughs> yeah. What do you got coming? Uh, well, I just, I mean, I just ordered a couple samples the other day. I just ordered some shirts uh a shirt and a hat okay so i'm gonna see how the, i'm gonna see how they look and if i if i like them then i'm gonna continue with them and i have would website you, apparel all that would you care to share a discount code at this time with our listeners we're not ready for that 
<laughs> Believe me, the link will be in the bio, and everyone will have discount codes. Smash yeah. that like button so, and follow. <laughs> yeah, discount code actually doesn't get you any money off. It just makes you feel cool. Uh, yeah, all that's coming. So, yeah. Uh, so, are you are, are you telling me I've, that I've included you? I've included you guys in my. Uh, you know, um, uh, check the check the links in the video description. <laughs> You guys are a link now. Really? So, oh. Nice. You know well, you know, that. one of these yeah. days, if we ever get a website, we'll make sure and link to you. Yeah, I, I actually I linked to your website that had the link to your podcast. That's how I did it. I got you. All right. I feel it. Just zero. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Um, All right. Well, um, All right. just make sure, uh, you know, I know you're out there in one of those... Uh, little bit left-leaning states but uh don't forget that we're all over the country making america great again all right <laughs> yeah how come where's I'm, I'm waiting for my sticker waiting for my sticker all right we'll, we'll trade that for that discount code at uh <laughs> big fly fisherman okay. huge fly fisherman dot com yeah and uh, yeah. we'll be that's good how, to go that's how this all works that's, that's right man it's all it's all yeah. interconnected <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. All right. Talk you too, later. brother. Take later. care. Later. Well, that was fun, man. I'm glad that we had an opportunity to get Ben on. It's been a while. Um, I tell you what, uh, my buddy that came in uh, that was here for the shrimp boil, um, I shared with him that uh, Ben was doing the YouTube channel. And he was like, I, I, I've not seen it. So... <laughs> We've got the smart TV, so I fire it up, and I go to the YouTube, and we watched Ben's entire volume of work in order, just auto-played, and we fucking laughed our asses off. And to, to have the opportunity to be sitting next to somebody that's seeing it for the first time that has never even heard of it before and know the level of passion that that individual has for fly fishing and to see him get it and really enjoy it was pretty awesome stuff. So, uh, yeah, Ben's definitely, uh, onto something and, uh, I can't wait every Monday morning. I I look Um, forward to it. You know, and, and it's funny you know, Ben mentioned it a couple of times in passing, you know, the analytics. He noticed that, you know, he was getting people coming to his channel from a link from Fly Fish Journal. Um, so knowing that Ben looks at the analytics all the time, uh, you know, Ben and I talk on the phone all the time. It's a race in the morning uh, on Mondays to make sure that I go and watch the video because I'm like, He's going to see that it took me 20 minutes, you know, before <laughs> like I need to get in there and like that fucking thing. Cause I mean, he, I think the level of uh, analytics, he can see who's watching it, how many, you know, yeah. times you play it and all that. Cause, uh, early on he, he had put one out and I, I watched it and I called him to tell him, he was like, yeah, I just saw where you watched it. And I'm like, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Big brother. <laughs> Creepy. So Ben, what have you got going on tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, um, outside of time, some flies in the morning. In the evening at 4 p.m., I've got the Fly Fishing Film Tour, uh, sponsored by, I guess it's hosted by Anglers for Conservation. 
and Harry Goods Outdoor Shop is the key sponsor, and then Florida Flyco's got a little bit of a sponsorship level in there. What are you guys? Uh, you're uh, sponsoring the beer. We are the beer sponsors. That's um, that's fucking that's important. Hands down, we, probably we the to, linchpin. We wanted to sponsor things for the working man, holding it all together. Yeah, and uh, lubricate this this show. Um, so we're sponsoring that. We get a little table to just kind of showcase some some merch, and we had some new samples come in. Um, Larry, you've seen a picture of it, and Mark. Um, yeah. Some of the other samples didn't make it in time, but they'll probably be here in the next week. And so we're kind of going to showcase it there and then start transitioning and showing it online and some pictures and stuff. And cool. Let people see it. But other than that, yeah, that's kind of my weekend plans. And then head to uh, Orlando late Sunday night and then wake up Monday and go fish Turkey Lake for bass, which, Mark, I'm going to be picking your brain on that. Whoa, so you're doing Turkey Lake. Is the is it the uh, electric boat kind of deal that you're doing? Well, so... Under normal circumstances, yes, that's the only way you have access is Bass Pro has those electric boats. But my sister's apartment complex butts up to Turkey Lake, uh-huh. and they have a private boat ramp into it. So I'm going to take the Ginu and some canoe paddles. And So is it a non-motorized lake? Like if you, um, you have the launch I don't think there's there? actually any posted signs that say you can't. Okay. Um, I just think basically with the Bass Pro's limitation, you can't just drive your bass boat on there and yeah. just fish it. Okay. Um, now, I do know that um, Turkey Lake is one of what they call the Fab Five. Correct. In Orlando. Yes. So, uh, the, it's specifically managed by FWC for uh, trophy, trophy bass. Correct. Yeah. So, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. it's. Uh, I fished, there's a, from the shore of their apartment complex, you can get to a little bit of it, but not much. Um, not the places I want to go. Right. So I think the, so far the weather looks good, and me and a buddy are. He's like, I kind of want to do that before I move to Michigan. I was like, Well, let's go. Let's go Monday. You're coming up Sunday for the film tour. Let's just shoot over there. We'll crash at her place and wake up and go see what we can't find out. Did you not also recently do the uh, water treatment? Uh, yes, um, I've done it twice. Um, What's the name of that? What they named it? it I believe they call it Lake Egan. Okay. Um, and it's basically the non-motorcraft version of the Stick Marsh. Okay. And I've done it twice. The first time was an absolute blast. I caught, I think I caught eight bass in the span of maybe a few hours, and then my buddy caught about six or seven. Uh-huh. And then the last time we went, unfortunately, it, it kicked up to about 20 knots, and that wasn't a ton of fun. It was, it was blowing so far sideways that we would – if we paddle against it at like a 45 degree angle, we'd just keep drifting on the other side of the bank. Did what we could. I managed to pull one bass out, and, but the guy coming in, so he goes, yeah, I pulled in 32 today. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> granted, Thank, he was throwing spinning gear. Thanks, Mr. One-Upper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, screw you. Enjoy your kayak. Um, but the funny thing is, so the first time we did all this, we I asked a buddy who had been, I said, I know – there's no, like, boat ramp. Can I take my Ginu, or do I need to bring a canoe? And he said, no, 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 your Ginu's fine. Well, I've outfit decks on my Ginu so I could cast and stuff. And so it weighs a little bit more than a traditional Ginu. And the gate is now locked from when he went. And it's about a 300-foot, 400-foot walk to launch your boat. Oh, wow. And so the first time we wound up, we we got launched. I was like, this is going to be a butt coming back up. Well, my buddy had wound up turned out to be a case of E. coli from some lettuce. And oh. 
just about <laughs> threw up on the side of the boat paddling, like, on the way back. He just, like, learned over and just about hurled. He's like, I'm no good. So I had to lug this thing at 250 pounds up this hill and then the 350 feet by myself. And so I was like, he's either really sick or he's just figured out a genius <laughs> way not you. to get this boat up this hill. <laughs> right. So the second time, I told him, I said, you know, I thought about it. And I brought the, normally I lock my trailer and just leave the key at the house. Well, I brought the key with me and unlocked my trailer. We threw the Ginu over the barrier and kicked my Ginu trailer up at about a 45, 50 degree angle. Ro- pushed it through the opening that's about two and a half feet wide. Put the Ginu back on the trailer and I just pushed it down the hill. And people were stopping and taking pictures. And I was like, <laughs> look, man. You do what you got to do. And so on the way back, I was like, I'm not hauling this empty trailer back up there. So I just left it on the bank. We fished for an hour till we gave up. And then loaded it up and wheel, pushed that thing right back up the hill pretty easily. Uh-huh. Um, we had to take – I was going to take the canoe, but we had to take the Ginu again for shots for a uh, photo shoot he was doing. He needed to match it to the last time. But, right. So I think next time I go, it'll definitely be a canoe trip and it'll be easier. Um, but it, it's a pretty cool place. There's a lot of uh, both in and uh, bass yes. and yeah. – you know, stuff I would I'd love to get my hands on. There's some big fish in there. and it, So I'm excited about Turkey Lake. I don't know if they've got bowfin or anything, but the bass ought to be fun, and hopefully we do pretty well. Should. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited about it, ready to go. It, you know, the part of the article I'm writing for his magazine talks about how bass did not excite me. And how I thought we were originally going to go fish for snook. And I was super excited. I was like, I really want to fish bass. How my heart just sank. And through actually going and fishing for bass, I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more fun than I gave it credits for. And You know, I, I do enjoy going out bass fishing when the water is clear. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you can sight fish a little bit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of fishing for bass when it's just... Blindly? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, a bass fisherman is like, well, it's not blindly. I know what's going on down there. But, right. th- no, when I can visually yeah. see what's going on, you know, whether I'm throwing a popper or, or a gurgler or in a clear lake, I see a bass and I can actually strip something past it and right. see the reaction and yeah. see it. You know, that that I get a lot of joy from. Yeah. And and that's what was so cool. There's so much good filtration filtration vegetation down at Lake Egan. Like, you'd see pockets holding one- and two-pound bass, and you could flick a fly and do a little bit further past and watch them come up and smack it, and right. that was that was pretty stinking cool. Yeah, sounds cool. All right, boys. Well, um, I think uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap her up because um, I think, believe it or not, we may be doing this again next Saturday night. So uh, – two in a row that might not be too bad get a little bit more frequency going so uh let's go ahead and bid everybody a good night good night and we'll see you when we see you later fly fishing in the taylor park is wrapping up episode 20 of taylor trash fly fishing appreciate you listening good night